0: Welcome to the Her Inspired Journey podcast, a show all for women about living your best life and fulfilling your passions from the backcountry to the table. No matter where you are, what hurdles you've faced, or where you want to go next, we're right here on this journey with you. It's time to take charge, pave your way, and create success. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Her Inspired Journey podcast. And I have a returning guest on today's show, Dana Monroe. Uh, she works for Kafaru International there in Colorado. And on my last trip there, I was able to sneak into the Kafaru um, headquarters and just poke around a little bit, get to see some things that they have going on. And Dana and I actually took over the Kafaru cast room, which I honestly was like, does Aaron really know we're doing this? Does he, he's okay with this? Okay, really? Anyway, it was super fun we got to uh, go in there and do this podcast, but I will just tell you something that's super funny. So we had this idea. We wanted to do a topic talking about women getting fitted for packs and how they could choose the right one features to look for all of that kind of stuff. So we sit down with this topic in mind and we roll out like this hour long podcast. It was just like on point. We hit every nail right on the head. And so she, so I was using my SD card in their equipment. So we just put it over there and she plugged it in and yep, we're good to go. And, and it's a mistake anybody could totally make. And we get done and she looks at me and she's like, oh my God. And I was like, no we weren't recording. She's like, no, we weren't recording. So we decided that uh, it was just too good not to try to do again. So we rolled through and just kind of took it off the cuff and had a lot of fun with this. Of course, I always enjoy getting to sit down and chat with her. And it was really cool because this was like a follow up to my uh, time being in Colorado and getting to experience the alpha bow hunting challenge event. And uh, so I got to spend a little time with her that weekend as well as sitting down for this podcast. So it was good to catch up love being there love being in colorado and i think if you are looking for some good tips and advice and some insight before you go out and purchase a pack for this year or maybe you're looking to upgrade i think you'll find a lot of information in this very valuable so tune in enjoy and here we go i also want to take a minute before we dive into this topic to let you know that i have joined up in collaboration with wilderness athlete To head the Women of WA, and we are bringing weekly content as far as understanding your body, defining your goals, thinking about your calorie needs, getting you ready for upcoming adventures or hunts, and making sure you're staying on point, hungry for reaching your goals, and feeling like a total badass. So, I highly encourage you if you are a woman and you have goals in mind, things that you want to hit, places you want to go. Get into my show notes today and find the link. I will put it here so you guys can sign up and get involved. This is going to be rich content. There's so much noise these days. Sometimes it can be hard to filter it out. So make sure you head over to my show notes and sign up for the women of WA.
1: Status update. We are recording this time. Sometimes you just
0: got to roll with it, you know? So we are doing a... The Kafaru Cast takeover part two, but there yep. will only actually be one part.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Kafaru Cast, everyone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! So uh, super fun topic today. Um, fitting packs for women and how to make it work for them and how to not just have this general recommendation. But before we start, I'm still (laughs) so surprised that Aaron let us do this. Yes. And after the last podcast, I'm really surprised that he's trusting us to be in this room right now. Yeah. Cool. Well, it's good to be here. (laughs) It's good to be in Colorado and just, you know, getting to connect with everybody Flew into New Mexico and just the drive from there to here and all of the things in between have been so picture perfect. It's just been such a great trip. So I ended up down in Eagle with you all uh, for the Alpha Hunting Challenge, yes. which was awesome because, you know, as somebody that participates in some of these archery events and likes to do a lot of these shoots, you know, I'm very familiar with how most of those other ones work.
1: Yeah. But for
0: me, the alpha bow challenge was something that was very like uncharted waters. I didn't really know outside of seeing a few pictures and stuff. I didn't know much about it. Yeah. So, um, I think one of the things that was just so fascinating to me and it was really neat to see is that from youth to beginners, to women, to, you know, men and women who were not in the best shape, like yeah. everybody's down there, you know, towing the line, having fun supporting one another and uh, everybody had a kick-ass time you could like just tell genuinely every single person that was there even those who you knew were very intimidated about the environment had a great time
1: yeah yeah and that's what's so great about those those challenges is it's almost more fun just to go and hang out then, oh well, it's, it's also very fun to participate, but just the, the group of people and the atmosphere is amazing and so welcoming.
0: Yeah. And it's cool because, you know, train to hunt is its own little animal. Um, but the alpha to me was something where it makes so much sense because it doesn't matter if you can run mountains all day long or if you can maneuver certain terrain um, or you have the endurance and the stamina to make that happen, if you're a, a bad shot, right, and if you're not really practicing the skill of being able to make controlled, ethical, and, and you know, a variety of different shots, it really doesn't matter how fit you are.
1: Right. You can have the fittest person going against a very not a very not fit person, and the not fit person will, if they can shoot, they're going to they're going to come out on top because you have to be able to shoot and that is one thing that i really like about the whole the alpha bow hunting competition is you can walk the course and still win as long as you're a good shot and it focuses so much on being a good shot versus quote unquote fit
0: yeah absolutely 100% and i think um you know i think it gives people a little bit more opportunity to do that because there are a lot of people who are really great shooters that don't necessarily care too much about that physical ability. Yeah. So this kind of opens that door for them. Whereas I feel like trained to hunt, albeit that's a great thing too. It's a very physically demanding event. So you can't really go into that. I mean, you, you can, and I've seen it. But most people won't walk into that scenario not having a pretty decent fitness level right. or understanding. Right.
1: Most people that are participating in, in a trained to hunt event are training for the train to hunt event.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. So do you find that people for the alpha bow
0: hunting challenge, are they training for that specifically or are they just shooting their bow a lot? And
1: I, there are some, and you'll see a few days before the, the bow the the challenges at the shop you'll see people come in with their backpacks with with weighted backpacks practicing shooting like that because you're required to wear a backpack and and you'll see a few people out there training but you re- you don't have to train for it and that's another another thing cuz if you're shooting your bow if you're doing some backpack cardio occasionally you're you're right there and and ready to go for one when, when
0: they roll around and it makes a huge difference shooting with a pack on as opposed to just walking out in your backyard and flinging right. arrows. Right. It really does. It changes center of gravity. It changes the way you know you're holding your shoulders and pulling through your shots. So there's a lot of that. you know, I have people to ask a lot, actually, should I practice shooting with my my pack on? And I'm like, duh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. you definitely should. But again, it's not necessarily one of those things where people, it's hard, I think, for people to visualize the entire process. We're recording, right? Yes.
1: Okay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Side major, note, major we win. just recorded a whole podcast, and I forgot to push the record button. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a good one, so we'll, we'll wing it this time. Yeah. Um,
0: but, you know, I don't think people necessarily visualize, and, and some people do because some people are super organized, but for the average person... I don't know that they're walking out and going through all of those scenarios and maybe more specifically for women, um, and those who are newer to hunting. You're not thinking about like, you know, you might be practicing your shooting, but you're not thinking about, well, if I'm walking in or out, or if I'm in the middle of from point A to point B when I still have all my gear on and there's a shot opportunity, I'm not just going to go like, well, I don't, I haven't practiced shooting with, you know, my pack on, um, So I think it's really good to be able to practice how you play. So I really like how Alpha does it. And, uh, you know, along with the community and the support, they have amazing sponsors. The energy behind everybody was really good. I mean, the weather was on day one pretty gross. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But regardless, you know, even when that the the wind and stuff came through, everybody's just teaming up. What can I do? Uh, My hands are free. Can I help you? And it's just... For me it always fills my cup so much to walk away from something and just go those people kick ass and those people will help anybody around them like oh, it, yeah. it truly is a, a tribe and a community and uh I just love the way everybody stood up together so it was it was it was awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah. They're one of my favorite things. I absolutely love them.
0: Being here in Colorado is is definitely eye-opening because at home though it's the running capital of the world, I believe is what they say. Um it's very different. And the mindset behind people in Oregon is, is not like what it is here. Um, you know, like just getting out last night and hiking green mountain, there's a lot of people out having fun, getting it done out on the trails. And sure. We see that at home, but to some degree, it's just almost more of like, a a recreation Yeah. As here, it's a lifestyle. Like you can really tell it's not just like, oh, it's, it's a decent day out. So I'm going to go for my monthly hike. Like people are out there because that's a part of who they are in their, in their life.
1: Exactly. And you see, I see people out there. I, that green mountain, that's where fire road is. And so I'm out there either on fire road this year, I've been trail running a lot and I I'll take, it's got so many trails that I can do something different every single day of the week and, and I'll run a few miles uh, every day, depending on weather. And, and it really is, it's, it's a lifestyle and people here are, are very fit and, and they like getting outside and incorporating that into, you know, just in, into their wellness. It's
0: awesome to be around that. And I was like, I don't know if I was just chasing it, like a runner's high this weekend. My goal was to do 30 miles in three days, which isn't a ton at all, but I was trying to hike all of it at, at elevation. And I was just like, I felt like such a cheese ball. I'm just like, Oh my gosh, now look at this and this view and this life is so great. And oh my, you know, just like my cup was just like bursting at the seams. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's nice to be around it and to see people who aren't just like, you know, just maybe mosing outside, like people yeah. here get with it. And it's just, for me, it just motivates me even more, you yeah. know, just to get after it and stuff. So I have an invitation to possibly come and hunt Colorado this year for an over the counter nice. tag. And, um, it's going to come down to me deciding whether I'm going to do Idaho or Colorado, because yeah. there's only, you know, four weeks in the season. So, yep. I've really got to figure that out. And I'm going to try to get on some Roosevelt in, uh, in Oregon, which I've never really paid too much attention to. We've always gone over in central or Eastern and focus more in Rocky mountain, but, um, changing things up this year. And I definitely can see myself coming back to enjoy some Colorado elk hunting this year. Yes, so Colorado I'm is stoked. About awesome. that. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. So getting into this very popular question that I get both from men and women, most of the time, if it's from men, it's about their women on finding a pack that fits them correctly, because as you know, being comfortable, whether you're on a day hunt or you're on a backcountry trip, like that's a huge part of enjoying the process. Right. And hunting sucks most <laughs> of the time. So yeah. if you can do, you know, some, some game work and figuring things out to kind of mitigate that suck, you yeah. know, you're, you're in the best scenario. Yes. So when it comes to finding a pack that fits for females, um, you know, obviously our bodies are going to be for the most part, very different from men's. Um, just like you said, we've got hips, we've got boobs. There's lots of things, you know, a lot of times we've got a shorter torso. So figuring out, you know, how I'm going to be able to pack, have a, have a, um, a bag that's going to be functional for me that I can have everything that I need and I want. Um, but it's not going to beat me up. Yeah. What do you think are the most like, pivotal considerations to really take in before you, you know, go and purchase a bag?
1: I think the number one thing you need to consider when purchasing a bag is really just application and what you're looking to do. If, if you're not looking to, you know, to pack out really heavy stuff, if you're, if you're going with your partner, maybe, maybe for the day, just getting into it, you'd probably want to go with something different than if you were looking to go, Ideally, staying five days hunting out of your backpack, you know, backcountry hunting versus hunting from the truck, anything like that. You really need to consider your application and what you're looking to do as far as hunting goes. Mm-hmm. For sure. And it's, it is very different because you can have somebody who's
0: in the Midwest and they're doing primarily, you know, run and gun, whitetail kind of stuff. Or you can have somebody that's, you know, in the Western states and they're going out, the duration's longer, the hunt's longer, they're packing more food, they're taking more gear. They're, you know, packing out longer distances. Right. So those things, are, I mean, it's it's obvious, you know, that that's a huge consideration. Um, when it comes, though, say somebody decides, you know, she's going to go out. She's got a, a five to eight day backcountry hunt. They're going for elk, so they're packing out big game. Hopefully, yeah, right. That's always the yeah. plan. Yeah, um, you know, and they're going to be off the grid for a little bit. What do you think? When it comes to size, because there's a recommendation, you know how many days you're going to be gone per, you know the approximate size of a bag that you need.
1: What is that general recommendation? So, kind of general rule of thumb is about 5,500 cubic inches for five days, and that's just your average person across the board. You can always have your gear a little bit more dialed. Uh, Comfort goes along with that, so if you're willing to go out with uh, without certain comforts, then you can always get get your pack a little bit smaller and and save on weight a little bit. But it's all about what you're, what you're willing to deal with as far as comfort and weight goes. And you learn fairly quickly what you do and you don't need out there.
0: And you can fit a lot into a, like a 5,000 or 5,500 cubic inch pack.
1: Yeah. It's, you can fit a lot of stuff and your base gear is really going to be the same, you know, whether you're going on, on a two day, or a five day trip, it's, it's food that really increases as far as that goes. And so that's the biggest thing that you have to account for.
0: Yeah, for sure. I remember last year when we, when we went out, I think it was eight days, the trip was 14, but I think we were out eight days and I was like packing clothes and stuff and I don't really care too much. I'm on this trip. I've been here for five days. All I packed was like leggings and sports bras, whatever, not that big of a deal. (laughs) But I remember when I was really considering what I was going to take as far as clothes go. And I'm like, I got, I'm going to take one set of clothes. I'll take multiple pairs of socks and, you know, whatever, but it's kind of, you really do have to think about like the practicality of what you're taking. Like, sure. You'd maybe want to wake up and have, you know, fresh pants or, you know, whatever, but is it really needed? Sometimes like that's a hard, hard one to face (laughs) is like the comforts to some degree. I mean, you want to be out there and be comfortable, but things don't necessarily need to be brought with you.
1: Right. Right. And that's one of the one of the things that was kind of brought to my attention, my first, my first backpacking trip, I, I, I pack for every scenario there, there is when I'm going somewhere. And so that's, that's a little bit what I did and I got home and I just emptied my bag and just like just threw away a bunch of stuff because it was not worth the wait and I did not want to pack it in the next time I went. And so, you do learn pretty quickly what you're willing to deal with and what you're not willing to deal with. And well, maybe not quickly, but you, you, you pick it up and you know, you get your your gear dialed and that just comes with experience. And, and if you want to learn those things, just go out there, test it out, test out clothing, see, see what you're going to like and what you're going to want out there.
0: For sure. And, um, you know, just going out and mimicking what you're going to be doing. So if you can spend a night or two, Yeah. Or, you know, go scouting. Yeah. And and or incorporate, you know, so like we're in the middle of a bear uh, spring bear season right now at home. And if I was ever home, I would actually be hunting. But anyway, I kept thinking, well, you know, there's some new things and we have some new pieces that I want to test out this year and really figure it out. You know, like, do I like them? You know, and all those different kind of feedback things and in, in preparation for this year. And I thought, well, we'll just go in, we'll hike into a spot and we'll, you know, do our spring bear hunting, you know, on a two night, two overnight, whatever. And um, I haven't been able to make it happen, but when, when I have done that in the past, there's, there's a lot I end up learning about what I have in my bag right, and what I actually don't need. And I was listening to the Wilderness Attitude podcast, uh, Brandon Waddell's show, and he was interviewing Chris Denham and Mark Paulson. And they were talking and one of the things they were talking about is is as as they've gotten older they've learned to like overpack like multiple sets of batteries and all of these different things that in the right scenario you would want to have. Right. And I think, you know, that's something that I have really struggled to do is I found myself in scenarios a lot way more than I should and gone I don't even have a lighter with me yeah. like, or I don't have this, or I don't have enough water. I don't have, you know, like I'm not set up for what I'm doing. right? And so I think, you know, some of that is just because I'm not the best pre planner. (laughs) I kind of just fly by the seat of my pants sometimes, but if you can have those staple things that, you know, you'll always want to have a headlamp. Right. You'll probably want to have a backup set of batteries for the headlamp. you want to have water or a way to filter water if needed. you want to have a lighter and, yep. you know, a way to make that kind of stuff and shelter and stuff. If you can always have that staple and you can minimize the, the weight to it and just leave it in your bag yeah. or put it in a small accessory bag and then just transfer it over if yeah. you're, you know, switching out.
1: Yeah, the, the Kafaru Possible's pouch, that's kind of something that Patrick is, has coined and Aaron, you know, he he's kind of rolled with it and he's got his little base set of essentials that are always in his pack and it will vary from from trip to trip and from animal to animal depending on where where you are in the country hunting what you're hunting if you're scouting versus hunting everything those little things can change but you always have the same base gear items that are it's basically like a a live or die situation, you're always going to be okay if you have that little possibles pouch. And a side note to that is that <clears> it's great to, if you're with a group of
0: people or if you're out there with your, your your spouse or your significant other and they have that. Yeah. But what happens if you're like me and you can't not look over the next ridge and the next ridge and the next ridge and you're, you find yourself and all of a sudden you, you're not with that hunting buddy anymore. Yeah. So I think that there's a lot of security and comfort in knowing that I have my survival stuff, yes, and it's not in somebody else's pack who I'm counting on. Exactly, right. So kind of a sidebar there, but everybody's different. So um, when it comes to specifically fitting for the pack, um, what are the most pivotal areas to make sure are properly fitted
1: for the individual? Uh, so the packs are really based off your your torso size. And you know, t- women typically have smaller torsos than men. It's it's just inevitable. I mean, I'm I'm five nine, you're you're five ten, yeah. And so we've got we're up on the the taller side, and but we still don't have very tall torsos. And um, the the kind of thing that limits us is bag size and and something like that because we're typically best off in a twenty two inch frame, and those larger bags don't work on a 22 inch frame. So you do have to size up depending on the length of trip you're going on, but torso length is, is going to be the key measurement. And then we can always fit them no matter your body shape, we can fit it according to you. So one thing that's pretty, um,
0: non-traditional, I think with you guys is, as compared to a lot of other companies, and some of them do, but you guys have frames and bags. Right. So you choose which frame you want, and then you choose the size of bag that you want to put on it within certain parameters. Right. So what is the the main point in doing that? Is it just flexibility and being able to interchange, you know, which bag you put on your frame, depending on what you're doing, or...
1: Yeah, it's just just so you have the options, you can purchase one suspension system and you can run anything from a day pack to an 8,000 cubic inch pack. So you it really broadens your horizons a lot as far as attaching anything to your pack. And you can do a wide range of applications with the same frame system so you're not purchasing, you know, two frames, two packs for for different applications. That makes a lot of sense. It's nice to have that
0: flexibility too. Yeah. Because you know it is I consider Kafaro to be a top shelf company. They're doing things the right way, They're a great company. But, you know, one of the things that I hear when people ask me about my bags with Kavaru bags or if they're talking about that is that the cost to that seems to be high. Right. And and that's relative to what people's opinions are and their budget is, sure. But, yeah. you know, I think there's there's something to be said for being able to invest in a bag that's going to fit you and be comfortable and be practical for what you're doing. And you're not going to have to buy another one.
1: Exactly. Because. And, yeah. It's the buy once, cry once. You know, it's. You buy a new backpack for three hundred dollars, and at a year or two, you're buying another backpack for three hundred dollars. So it it's all a matter of what your kind of your outlook. It's like shopping at Costco. Yes. Right. Yeah. You know, shopping at
0: Costco, it's great, and you can great get great deals, but you never leave there without like three (laughs) or $400 in the hole. Right. Right. But you have a crap ton of food and you're good to go for a long time. Like you're not having to reinvest that every week. So, you know, and everybody wants to do things a little bit differently, but I know for me, when I bought my very first pack, I considered, you know, the size of it, what I'd be able to haul, but also the cost was one of the most, you know, important aspects for me. Mm -hmm. So I shopped around and tried to find a really good deal. And I did, I found a great deal, but the pack sucked. Yeah, And it killed my lower back. I just all of my weight would sit right over my hips and in a way that just, just was not comfortable for me. And I ended up buying another pack. Mm -hmm. So that investment for me, even though I got a good deal at first, I ended up just overpaying on, you know, what I did next. So, um, it's just, you got to decide what works for you, but I would strongly recommend doing some shopping around. Same thing goes for bows. What works for one person, what is the the end all be all for somebody, might not even be close to home for somebody else. Right. So right. spend a lot of time and and ask a lot of questions. I think that's the number one thing. Is having that knowledge can be you know power in yeah. your hand to figure and, out.
1: And don't listen. Don't if you have a buddy that's sending you in to to go get this the same thing that he has. You know his system may not work for you, and a lot of times you know the. A, a guy is bringing his girlfriend, wife in to get a pack, and he he just lists off what she needs. But what she's going to be doing is probably not going to be the exact same thing that he's doing. And so, you know, figuring out what you're going to be doing and kind of customizing it to, to you is really important.
0: For sure. And, and it's like trying them on, which yeah. I know that you guys have, I think— Correct me if I'm wrong, but several shops now that carry the line of, of
1: gear for you guys. A couple, yes. Yeah. yeah. We're branching out a little bit as far as that goes.
0: <laughs> but if you're local here in Colorado, maybe you can come in and, and test them out, put them on, see what you think, ask and answer, you know, have those questions answered for you. I know that Bowtech in the Eugene area, which is where I'm from, also has, I'm not sure if it's at the full line, but I know that they have several of the packs there.
1: Yeah. Yep. They just started carrying them. So you can, you, even if you want to just go try them on, you can try them on there, Uh, get a good idea of your sizing and then just order it online, which is kind of where we do all of our business is just over, over the internet. So when we're
0: talking about, you know, putting the pack on where it should sit, how it should feel, talk to me about the waist belt and where that should actually be sitting on your body.
1: So ideally you want the center of the belt at the top of your hip bone. So our hip belts have a, a seam that goes directly down the middle and so you just place that seam at the top of your hip bone, and that's going to kind of be the base of your fit, and that's going to place everything else where it needs to be to to fit you correctly and place the load where it needs to be.
0: And then when we're talking about fitting that frame for you, the waist belt is on your hips, the center seam is right at the top of your hips. Where should those shoulder straps be falling? I see some people who with, you know, the shoulder straps and the load lifters will have them really high, and other people you can almost get the sensation that it's kind of compressing their torso. Mm -hmm. Obviously that's not the way to go, but where is that happy medium with the shoulder straps?
1: So what's really cool about our system is you have the, you have the ability to change the, the angle in your load lifter. So if it's a really heavy pack, you want it, the angle, a little bit steeper, probably about a 45 degree angle. And then if, if your pack's not that heavy, you can lower it and the weight moves a little bit easier with your body. Uh, but for m- most women, we, I I usually don't run it at the top because uh, I'm not carrying that much weight. If I'm packing something out, I I will move it up a little bit. But we're not carrying that much weight, and so I I I don't know. I sometimes I'll run it at the top, but I usually don't run it at the top, and that just comes into you know different applications. So it's it it's hard to to say one thing works in, in all situations, because you have to kind of adapt for each situation. But ideally, if you have a heavy load, you want about a 45 degree angle in your load lifter. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's good to know. So I know like with doing train to hunt events, when you've got, you know, for me, 60 pounds in my pack and I'm running with it, I kind of try to even out the weight distribution from my hips to my shoulders. I kind of want an even load with maybe more focus over my hips. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when I'm hiking in or out of somewhere or I'm carrying a load that might be a little bit funky, sometimes I'll put my bow on there, sometimes I'll have my gun. It just depends on what that application is. Um, I'll kind of play around with how I want that to be set up.
1: Yeah. But the great
0: thing is you have that option to be able to move that around.
1: And that is one thing when I do those alpha competitions, when I'm running, I, if I have all the weight on my hips, my, my pack goes back and forth because my hips are moving back and forth. And so usually I run the weight on my shoulders, more on my shoulders and my hips, because that secures it a little bit better to not slide back and forth but it's still, you know, it's still resting in a good spot, but it's, it's distributed just a little bit differently. And that'll change a lot
0: too, depending on the duration and the, the terrain of what you're hiking.
1: Right. Because if, if I have my pack on and I'm, I'm out scouting, hunting, anything like that, all the weight's on my hips, without a doubt on my hips because I've got shoulder issues.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's nice to be able to have that. And I was talking to you a little bit about that
0: chest strap, Um, I wear mine just below my collarbone level. Yeah. And you wear yours down at the top of your chest.
1: Yeah. So... If I even wear it. Yeah. I I usually don't wear it because it fits... Everything fits me very well. So I I don't actually need it. I usually just clip it to get it out of the way.
0: And I think, you know, from what I've seen... I don't know. I like mine because I also have shoulder issues. Mm -hmm. And for me, if I can if I can clip it and if I can tighten it just a little bit to where it pulls my shoulder straps in just a little bit, it doesn't wear on the spot of my shoulder. I have a a surgery scar that to the touch is really sensitive. Mm -hmm. So it'll pull it right off of that. And for me, it's super comfortable. Yeah. But again, to be able to have that ability and you can actually slide that up and down so you can determine where that's going to sit on your chest. Yeah. Um, which again, it just goes back to having all those different features and options.
1: Yep. And that's, that's, what's so nice about our packs is completely customizable. You, you can move stuff and you can adjust it to, to work for you, which is awesome.
0: And the cool thing is also, I mean, there's several cool things about Kafaru, but there are tons of accessories that you guys have for adding to bags. And I know like my 22 Meg, um, it is a is a great bag. It's uh, it fits a ton of stuff. But those bellow pockets on the side, yeah, are ginormous. Yeah, they're huge. You can fit so much stuff in there, and it's yeah. nice because it's accessible. And it depends on you know what you have, but it good works good for like tripods, spotting scopes. I actually packed my ten in it last year. Yeah, I looked like a wide load trying to go down the trail, <laughs> but but it worked, and I could clip so many different things. I actually even clipped into the na- the native onto the outside. And it just it gave me so many different options that depending mm-hmm. on if I was packing in or out to my spike camp or if I was going out for the day a little bit farther than I wanted, I could really change how I was carrying that pack.
1: Yeah. And that's the really nice thing is, is you create your system depending on what you're doing or, or what you want. And you can add belt pouches, lids, all sorts of different kind of accessories depending on what you're doing. And you can increase the space quite a bit just by adding all of those little extras. I just started using the tombstone. Mm-hmm.
0: And I really, really dig it for a, a couple of reasons. But I would always wear my sidearm in just a holster. And it would just, in Western Oregon, it just get the crap beat out of it. I mean, yeah. it was wet, it was dirty, it was, which, whatever. But at some point, those elements start to add up on your on your gear. Yeah. And so the tombstone is really nice for one. Now, not everybody knows that you have a gun on your hip, right? It doesn't fall on or off when you're, you know, moving that bag around. Um, but it's super accessible because it's just got that zipper around it. It fits in there perfectly. You can add a couple more things in that, in the pouches of that, which is really nice. Yep. Um, so I really like that, but I also got to try out this weekend, the door gunner pack. Yes. And I took it up yesterday when I was coming back from the alpha challenge, um, up to Breckenridge and did some hiking up there, hiking, dying and running is what I'd call <laughs> that. Um, my flatlander at 550 feet at home is just, uh, it's a good struggle here. You yeah. know, it's, it's funny. Cause I'm like man, I thought I was fit. And now I'm like, nope. <laughs> Elevation takes <laughs> your butt. <laughs> but I strapped that pack on and I did uh, just under a four mile run and it felt really good. And mm-hmm. my complaint with some of the other, you know, um, like running packs or more of those recreation packs is that they're just not very comfortable and you can't really secure them so that once you are running with them, that they're not just Sliding and bouncing all over the place, right. And that one felt really comfortable.
1: yeah, that's a, yeah, that's an awesome little day pack. it's it's so low profile that it just it just sticks right up to your back and and stays there because it does it does have those stays. So it's a little bit more load bearing than than your standard day pack. But just the low profile is awesome for if you're getting out for the day, maybe you want to run with it have the option. It's, it's plenty big for day gear, everything like that. That's one of my favorite little packs. I really noticed that actually, now that you say that when
0: I put it on for the first time, I, you know, I just had gloves. I had my, my big jacket, um, a couple things of water. Cause I didn't have my big pack or whatever. Um, you know, and a little bit of food. Cause I was actually going to, there was a 12 mile area. I just couldn't happen. There was too much snow up there. Yeah. Um, but when I first put it on, I was like, that it's just like one with your body. Yeah. Like it doesn't feel necessarily like you're wearing anything, which mm-hmm. was really nice to have that. What kind of stays are in there? Are they, do you have options for that?
1: Um, I don't think so. I think you may have the option for aluminum or composite, but I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent positive on that. I probably should not. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> Trick question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's a great pack and I'm excited about it. It was, uh, it felt really good. um, Yeah, I'm excited just to get in here and to see some of this. And I wanted to be able to do a video also because I think sometimes it's hard to visualize what we're talking about. And I know sometimes when I'm listening to podcasts or I'm, you know, listening and not watching, I have a hard time figuring out exactly what we're talking about. So it'd be nice to do a little video where we can talk about the fitting of that, where it should sit, um, the adjustability of some of those frames um, and, and include that also. But I wanted to pick your brain a little bit about the the tarps and the teepees, and that's something I've not used. I took, um, I have just actually, it's, a, it's considered a two-person tent. <laughs> I would never want to be in there with right. another individual. <laughs> um, but I chose the two-person because for a small weight difference, I could have the ability to have my gear inside my tent without it suffocating me to know that it's dry or that I have right. access to it or I don't have to unzip everything to get out and to get different clothes or whatever the case may be. Um, and it's it's okay, Yeah, but it's also, it's a bit heavy. And, um, you know, I've been seeing a lot about the tarps and teepees and and I see them all over the place. In fact, that's how I knew I was in the right spot the yeah. other day because I didn't, there was no sign, but I, I looked over and I saw all these teepees and I was yeah. like, those are my people right there. <laughs> Um, So talk to me a little bit about those and some of the features of that and uh, how people are using them.
1: Yeah. So the really nice thing about our shelters is they're extremely lightweight, very durable, but the tarps are really great in single person, maybe two at the most, but ideal for a single person, Uh, very lightweight, throw in your emergency bag. A lot of people have them in in their possibles pouch. They'll run the smaller, the two tarps uh, or a sheep tarp, something like that. But, but it's it's just a very good lightweight option if, you know, if you want to deal with all the elements. It does have a front. It doesn't have a, a closed front. Um, so I'm I don't know. I'd rather stay in a, a tent than a tarp myself. But the larger TPS I I really like those. And they're still very lightweight for for the amount of space that they offer. And it's very, very comfortable. Our shelters are very comfortable, even though they're floorless, that, that was something I had to kind of wrap my head around with, it's, there's no floor in this. I am sleeping on the dirt, literally. Mm-hmm. We just take a sheet of Tyvek, roll that on the ground and throw your sleeping bag, sleeping pad on there. And it's amazing how comfor- comfortable that is in sleeping on the actual ground.
0: It seems like that would be really nice too for like inclement weather. Mm -hmm. and especially when you get to a spot and you're way out and you're waiting for, you know, a storm to pass, you don't necessarily want to just, like, find a tree and continue to get soaked. So if you can have something that's super lightweight so it's not, like, a burden to carry it around, but in that scenario when all hell breaks loose, you can throw that up. And if I remember correctly, you can use the – you can just use sticks, trekking poles, whatever. So is there – are there, like, guidelines on the – attached to the tarp
1: um so it comes with there there are guy lines attached to it um but you you just measure out a stick if you you can pitch that with the paratarp uh you can also kind of tie it flatter out there there are multiple ways to pitch them so you can do uh closer to the ground or a little bit flatter you do have to cut out a stick or use a trekking pole something like that but the options as far as pitching them are there there are a few which is nice
0: and then what about the teepees? Talk to me a little bit about those and, and you know, h- again, how people are using them, w- you know, what the what
1: the benefit is to having that and uh, how those ones pitch. So they all come with, with poles, pegs, everything like that. The tarps don't come with pegs and poles unless you specifically order them. But it comes with uh, the, the standard teepees just have a center pole. The sawtooth is a little bit different. It's kind of more of an oblong shape. So there are two poles on that one, but you can just leave the rear pole at home and use a, a trekking pole there, or you can actually just guy it out. Uh, there is an option for that as well, so you don't even have to worry about a rear pole. And there's guy lines on there. You just you pitch them. It's it's a pretty standard teepee. There are markings so you know where to place all of the all of the pegs, and just it's the comfort level of those. Being able to stand up in your shelter. Is huge. It's I hate having to try and change clothes, laying in your sleeping bag Mm -hmm. or trying to squeeze into something and just being able to walk into your shelter with your boots on. You don't have to worry about sitting your butt in there first, not getting your tent dirty. You just walk in with your boots on, sit, take them off, change standing up. It's it's something that you don't really think about until you do it and you realize how nice it is.
0: Definitely. And it is, it, it totally sucks to be getting, especially when you're in confined spaces to be getting dirt needles and all yeah. that kind of crap inside of there. Cause it essentially just ends up in your sleeping bag, yeah. right? Or in your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and then you guys have the, uh,
1: the sleeping bags. Yes. So what's the deal with that? Talk to me about that. So we've got um, the slick bags have been around for a while. There've been a couple different changes made to them, but I, that's what I run is our slick bag our 20 degree slick bag. And it is amazing. It's, we run a Clima shield apex insulation, which is a continuous filament. So it doesn't bunch up and get cold spots or anything like that. But the nice thing about that is it's, it's a synthetic. So if it gets wet, it still retains heat. And so it'll keep you alive in, in any survival situation. Um, but it, it, it traps your body heat in and, and keeps you warm that way. And so if you, if you're really cold, you can, I don't know, I've heard Aaron say he'll do push ups or something before climbing into his bag just to get his blood pumping, his body heat going. And then that bag's going to trap that in and, and keep you warm and warm you up. So it's, it's an awesome system and I absolutely love it.
0: That's a make or break. Yeah. To not be cold. When we yeah. were in Idaho this last year, um, and I don't do cold very well. I can yeah. be hot all day long, but I don't like to be cold. Me too. So I took um my two person, which I'm just gonna say it was a one and a half person, <laughs> and uh my Lost Park Parka mm-hmm. and my sleeping bag, and I have a zero degree because I less is more for me. Um mm. and it was really nice because every single night, even on the days that we woke up with everything icy, yep. I was toasty yep. all night long and super comfortable. So that's one of my favorite gear pieces is that Lost Park parka because it it compresses down to just about nothing. Doesn't yeah. really weigh much and when you need it like there's nothing more comfortable than than just crawling up into that thing. I have the the quarter zip. Yeah. And it's so nice. It it's a little bit loud. That's yeah. my only complaint about it is yes. it's a little bit loud. And if you
1: try to wear it under like a jacket, you feel like Marshmallow, <laughs> yeah, it's not flattering in <laughs> any way. <laughs> and that I actually uh, took some puffy pants out with me. Uh, we went turkey hunting with some friends, and I I had on my parka and the puffy pants, and I did a little fashion show for my friends. And it's the least flattering piece of clothing you can wear, but it was going to keep you warm, and it is so nice. And I always have mine, even if it's you know the middle of July when it's super hot. I still take mine and it's always in my backpack.
0: Well, it's in those scenarios. You don't care what you look like when yeah. you're that cold or, <laughs> or, you know, even if it's just outside of comfort, when things get dangerously cold, yeah, you're like, uh, it doesn't matter what things look like exactly. anymore, you know, exactly. for sure. Awesome. Well, I think that we should get out there and run through some of the gear, check things out. Um, any final words of wisdom for women who are trying to get into a pack or are really considering what to go for this year?
1: Um, I think biggest thing is just don't be afraid to ask questions. Uh, you know, you can always look to your spouse, your partner, uh, for any information they may have. But don't don't be scared to reach out. There are plenty of women that are more than happy to help. We work with a lot of women. Uh, I've been able to fit everybody from you know four eleven hundred pounds to I'm five nine five ten, and it's we can we can get something to work for you. So don't let that hold you back.
0: Definitely. I think a lot of times, you know, specifically in the case of women, we get intimidated to ask questions about things that we don't know. Yes. Will I use the right terminology? Will I ask the right questions? Will I even think about the things that I should consider? Yeah. Especially if you're somebody who's newer and doesn't have a lot of experience in those, you know, specific scenarios. Yeah. But the bottom line is you want to be comfortable. You want to be out there and to know that you have what you need. You didn't have to skimp on what you were taking because of the size of the pack. Yeah, um, And then ultimately you're able to go out there and enjoy what you're doing and not having to be worrying about you know, you're nagging back or the shoulder straps that aren't in the right place or whatever. So definitely reach out and ask those questions. I know that here at Kefaru, they're they're great about answering those and and really diving in. Even four years ago, before I I knew Aaron or anybody here, um, I had some questions and he heard I had questions and reached out to answer them. Yeah, You know, so they they do a lot to make sure that their customers and, and, you know, outdoorsmen are you know, making the right decisions and and doing it off of the knowledge that they, yeah, they have, yeah, so. we do
1: our best to to try and inform people to the best of our knowledge, you know, and if if you have questions, ask them by all means, don't don't be scared. don't don't think we're mind readers also. <laughs> just just ask your questions. We're really great at helping remotely, so even if you're not able to come into the showroom, give us a call, give us your measurements, you know, give us. If you have certain things that are, are worries to you, let us know. We can we can direct you in one way versus another. We're not going to just sell you stuff to sell you stuff. We're going to sell you what we think is going to work for you.
0: Definitely. That's, and that's a major. It's good to have that trust and to know that that company stands behind. You know, if the recommendation isn't going to be necessarily for something that they have, and I've heard you guys do this before, you'll you know, you're not just for your own brand. Right. You're you're making sure that it's not just a selfish recommendation that it's it's an authentic one that's gonna really serve the customer well. Right. So what do you have going on for the rest of the year and what kind of adventures are you looking forward to?
1: Well hopefully I'll be able to get scouting soon if the snow ever melts in Colorado. (laughs) But we've got a couple more alphas this year and I'll I'll go out and help with those and then scouting up until hunting starts and maybe some some deer over-the-counter elk for sure and then I will be going to Wisconsin and chasing some whitetails later this year as well so awesome yes that'll be a fun time super excited for that And it's a first yes good yes
0: well it's always nice to be able to I love tree stain hunting I yeah yes for some reason I well I grew up spot and stock only uh-huh. or driving around, you know, depending yeah. on how old I was. At yeah. the time. But, um, there's just something to me that just satisfies that urge to be a fly on the wall. Yeah. And though I'm not like sitting in a tree stand in the Midwest where there's critters running in front of you a lot, Yeah. when you do have those scenarios where, you know, something to walk in and they have no clue that you're there and you just get to watch them. There's something about studying an animal that has no clue that you're around that to me is just like really satisfying. Yeah. So
1: excited. I, I've never done anything, any tree stand hunting. I'm still so new to hunting myself, but I, I'm really excited to get in a tree stand and, and just kind of just see nature happen. And like you said, be a fly on the wall And I've I've talked to Aaron a little bit. He told me I'm just going to be hooked on tree stand hunting. Once I, once I do it, it's, it's just awesome. And so I'm, I'm very excited to, to give that a shot. Absolutely. Well, you're going to be hooked. I have no doubt.
0: (laughs) Um, if people want to reach out and ask you specific questions or they just want to contact or follow along with what you're doing, where can they find you?
1: Um, Instagram is probably the best. That's where I'm most active. Uh, it's just Dana underscore Monroe. And then if they ever have questions, they can always call Kafaru, email Kafaru customer service. They can find me. We can get the information to me. So perfect. Yeah.
0: And we're still recording?
1: We're still recording.
0: Major <laughs> win. Cause for celebration yes. right there. Well, we're gonna jump off of here. This is a double broadcast between Kefaro and thank you, Erin, for trusting us enough to jump in here and to wreck the Kafaru Cast (laughs) studio. Um, but you can also find my podcast, Her Inspired Journey. It could be found on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever. Um, and it's a it's a specific podcast for women for being able to feel comfortable asking questions, getting involved whether or not this is going to be your first season or you're a seasoned veteran when it comes to being in the outdoors. So you can jump over and check that out. Her inspired journey. All right. I think that's it for now. Yes. All right. Peace out. Well, ladies that does it for this show for today. I hope that you found some inspiration, some good advice, and definitely some encouragement to take with you on the rest of your week. I'm already looking forward to coming back next week and giving you some more insight, some inspiration, and some tips on how to navigate your best life. Please be sure to hit the subscribe button and leave a review. Your feedback is so important to me. I would love to know the questions that you have, the topics or ideas, and your feedback. You are so valuable to me, and I really appreciate you taking the time to leave the review and subscribe to the show. See you next week on Her Inspired Journey.